Welcome to the DHG podcast series with a focus on life beyond numbers with topics about people, careers and flexibility. And now, here's your host, our Director of Corporate Communications and All Things Fun, Alice Gray Harrison. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of our DHG podcast series. I'm Alice Gray Harrison, your host, and I love this venue because we get to hear from our people about the things that matter the most to them, flexibility, careers, and of course, people. We're celebrating Women's History Month. Today, Tim York, our Dealer Services Group Managing Partner, is joining us to share a special reflection about a woman who played a major role in Tim's life, his mom. She must be an amazing woman because you, Tim, are truly a terrific leader for us and such an inspiring mentor, sponsor, and advocate for women at DHG and beyond. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it. So you and I had a chance to talk a bit before the podcast, and I learned about your mom's incredible career in accounting. As a single mom, she really did it all, which is a question that comes up a lot when we talk about women's progress. She raised you and your sister, she ran your home, and she was the office managing partner in an Alabama-based accounting firm when there were very, very few accountants, let alone managing partners. So can you tell us a little bit about her career? You know, Alice Gray, I'll I'll be happy to, and I appreciate the opportunity. I I really don't even know how you found out about my mom to ask me (laughs) to to participate, but but I am grateful, and I am very proud of my mother. So uh, plenty of uh, things I can brag upon. So mom, some of my first memories were when mom decided to take us to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and she was going back uh, to get her master's degree in accounting at the University of Alabama. And so during that time, uh, she would go to class, and my sister would go to kindergarten, and I would go to preschool, I guess, and she would then teach some courses and, and that sort of thing. And some of my greatest memories are going to the quad, if you've ever been to Tuscaloosa, and you know, chase the softballs that some of her students were hitting. And I mean, it was just a crazy time in our lives, and it seemed so normal at the time. But my mom was a really busy, busy, hardworking woman, and uh, you were right about some of the roles that she played. I remember things like uh, burying my parakeet and those mm-hmm. kinds of things uh, along the riverside during those days. But she got hired into a town in Albertville, Alabama, a relatively small town. And when she showed up to that accounting firm, <laughs> she was the first woman accountant, the very first woman accountant. And she became a CPA very soon thereafter. And she was the first CPA, woman CPA in their accounting firm. And I think that firm today has, I don't know, a couple of hundred employees and, and those kinds of things and multiple offices and and such. And several years later, they asked her to move to Oneonta, Alabama, which is where I spent third grade until I graduated high school. And they asked her to move there to take over the office and help grow the office and such. And so she managed that office for many years. And that's where we, we grew up. You know, at night, sometimes I'm sure to, to supplement incomes and those kind of things, she would drive to Gadsden, Alabama to teach accounting because she loved it. And so uh, it was some really interesting times and, and, and fun times and hard times and because uh, she was a, a woman accountant in a, in a business that she often would reflect is everyone treated her really, really nicely and fairly. <laughs> and yet there were 
similar expectations with respect to time at work and performance and traveling and those kinds of things. So, you know, if you after many years, she even started her own firm for many years, and then she after we got finished and out of school, and she might could relax a little bit, she slowed down and became great friends with a, another group, and she finally retired last year. Wow. Uh, so. Neat story. I could tell you stories all day, but really fun for me to to brag on her for a little bit. I mean, she really was a trailblazer in terms of females in accounting. So how did this shape your own career path in becoming a CPA? (laughs) Well, it didn't. (laughs) Because that was great. I was absolutely positively (laughs) against being an accountant. And I went to Birmingham Southern College and where my sister had gone a few years before me. And I was going to study business and go to business management or economics or something like that. And it came down to I had to take accounting for my business degree. And so my first, it was in my first semester of college. I will tell you, my future wife was sitting in the, uh, in that class as well. And I, despite being a fraternity and playing hard and studying a little bit, <laughs> I made an A. <laughs> and then I had to take a second one and so forth. So what, what ultimately happened, I'll tell you, is, you know, for some reason it, it clicked with me. Uh-huh. And, and I will also say she really encouraged me a lot. And she, you know, after that first year said, Tim, you can do anything in the world with an accounting degree. Mm-hmm. But if you're in business management, you know, you're primarily preparing yourself to manage. And what's funny is now, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm part <laughs> of my job is to manage parts of our business, if you will, or it manages me, I guess. But it's right. You know, I've done auditing and I've done tax. I've done a lot of consulting work and I've done business valuation since 1994. And I've done a million different things because I had so many mentors that pushed me into a lot of different areas. So the background of being an accountant was helpful for me to see a very wide spectrum of opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's kind of how I, I didn't want to do busy seasons, but I got busy seasons anyway. And right. that was kind of the story there. Yeah. So clearly you are genetically inclined to think like an accountant. I'm going to switch subjects here because when you and I talked, you told me about some of these crazy vacations that y'all went on. And just to add some color to this conversation, I cannot help but ask, tell us about your summer vacations with your mom. Yeah, so one one of the things, I mean, as I mentioned, she just was a crazy hard worker, had to be and was and never complained about it. But she absolutely positively was convinced that she wanted to get my sister and me to see the world to the extent we could. And so at Thanksgiving, we would always take a week. And as soon as school was out, we'd take a shorter trip and we would load up in the car and drive somewhere. But in the summer, she would save up for vacation and we would always go on a two-week vacation. And most of the time I had her parents, my grandparents, with us. And it was in a little Ford Granada, a little <laughs> sports sedan. And we would travel the country. And so uh, we drove to Canada by Niagara Falls and we went to the Grand Canyon and went over the plains and went to a ton. We saw over 40 states wow. in, in the back of my of that car and over 30 state capitals. Wow. And so what's really interesting about it, and I think about those long drives and we didn't have iPods and nothing to listen to. And, you know, you would search for a holiday inn that had a pool at night with the little books, hotel books at the time. And, you know, I learned so much about our, our country, uh, just geography and 
and such, and we would mix in fun and, and just a ton of education because my, my mother just believed in education and, and reading and such so much. So uh, just tremendous memories with my, you know, my family and particularly my grandmother. She would always sit in the back with me and <laughs> we would ride for, you know, eight or 10 hours oh a day gosh. to the next spot and see everything in between. It was a lot of fun. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard. So I couldn't help but, but ask you about it. So I'm going to go back to the topic at hand. At DHG and beyond, men play a really, really important role in the advancement of women. And and oftentimes we talk about women's progress, but we, we don't necessarily talk about the men who were and are the great advocates and the sponsors and the mentors. So what role has your mom's influence played in your outlook towards other women? Because as I mentioned earlier, you are a great advocate and sponsor and mentor to many here in the firm. Well, Alice Gray, that's, that's a, probably a wide-ranging and deep question. But I, I will just say, you know, as I mentioned a minute ago, you know, back, back in her day, and I'll tell you, just as a quick aside, she, she has told me on many occasions, you know, back in the old days, she would go to a CPE course, and she might be the only woman in the woman's restroom at the break. And recently, this last year, we held a CPE event, and there was a line to the women's restroom, and the men's was wide open. And so she just talks about how interesting it is to see how women have really come to be such a large force. I mean, 55%, I think, was the last number I saw of, of this industry, and it's really interesting times for her. But, you know, as I mentioned, back back in those days, in the late 70s, mid to late 70s, you know, she was in a position to where the men there were compassionate and kind and fair, but it was expected that everybody would be equal, again, with respect to travel and with respect mm-hmm. to, you know, schedule and hours and all those sorts of things. And, that you know, I don't look at that as being unfair. It's just the way it was. And it still may not be unfair. It's just a question of, you know, timing and how people did things and and that sort of thing. So as I look back, and a quick little example is I remember Alice Gray many days to where my mom would have to take off work to come pick us up from school, after school. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a bus system in our town. And so the only way to, you know, get to school back was to be carried to school or picked up. Uh, in a car. And so often days we would be the last ones. Mm. And I remember I'd always have some disappointment, you know, minor, minor disappointments of, you know, being the last ones and you kind of, you know, even embarrassed, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I'm the last ones and all that sort of stuff. I'll tell you that perspective. I think about that a lot because what, what it does is it really drives you to think about the needed flexibility that our mm-hmm. people have. You know, all of our people have children and other lives and health issues and, and needs outside of this place. And I think about our ability as a firm to keep the lights on, you know, to provide great opportunities for our people and yet provide people the flexibility to go to the doctor and to pick up their children and to work from home on a day where someone's sick and so forth. You know, those memories stick with me. And, you know, I I hope I provide good examples and and the right encouragement to tell people to relax and take care of what they've needed to. That's always kind of been my style here in in Birmingham and beyond. And, you know, we got to work hard to get the things done we want to. But it doesn't mean that we can't be real people. You know, and real people have real lives outside of this place. And there ought to be, in most days, a way to, for those two things to coexist. Yeah. So, well, I think that we today are so lucky that that we have the technology that enables us to be flexible, whereas your mom, you know, 
today. And, she had to work at the office. Yeah. She had to she, work at the office. She had to yeah. work at the office. So to the, if it were today, she would go pick y'all up, get y'all started on homework or, you know, outside playing whatever. or whatever. And she could pick back up today and, and continue working. Whereas right. then she, she, when she left the office, she was done. She had to be done. So we're right. so fortunate right. to have that flexibility today. No, no doubt. So before we wrap up, I can't help but ask ask you, what is one piece of career advice that you think anyone joining the profession should hear? Well, that was great. I will stick with my normal. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure <laughs> those that might know me are going to go, here we go. <laughs> so I, I love to talk with college students or our people or uh, Sunday school class or whatever about two words that come to my mind. And I'm sure it relates back to my upbringing at home, but really it's the two words are attitude and initiative. And interestingly, my wife shared with me a LinkedIn article yesterday that is entitled, Why Attitude is More Important Than IQ, and a psychologist named Carol Dweck, I've got it right here because I printed it up yesterday, talked about that attitude, there's a, you know, a study, everybody's got a study for something, but you know, a study about a person's attitude oftentimes is way more indicative than IQ. And, and I laugh because, you know, in today's realm with our firm, Alice Gray, I, I would have to ask you all to recruit me. Now, I did pretty well in school, but, you know, I didn't have a 3-9 or whatever. Went to a great school, but, you know, I did a lot of extracurriculars and all that sort of stuff. But I'll tell you, you know, my GPA isn't one of the uh, 3-8, 3-9s that people, you know, cherish so much in the recruiting process. And so I, I've kind of tried to get by, and I know it's because of my upbringing, you know, that a positive mental attitude and then a forethinking thought about what comes next ahead of when someone expects you to do it. You know, that initiative word is just mm -hmm. a powerful word. And if you put the two together with a smile and thinking ahead about how to get ahead and about how to serve quicker, better, faster, and how to impress customers and how to help your neighbor and those kinds of things, if you put attitude and initiative together, it creates a force that is really, it's almost unbeatable. Mm -hmm. And so while grades are important, pass the CPA exam is crucial, and there's a lot of musts, to me, the thing that differentiates people are those two words, and you put them together and it's magical. That's so. awesome. Hey, will you do me a favor and send the copy, uh, send a link to that article so I can include it for our listeners? Sure. Awesome. Sure, be happy to. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, sharing with us stories about your mom and sharing with us the inspiration that she's been on your own career. Well, you know what? I'm proud of her and I'm proud mm -hmm. to be your son. And so it's easy to kind of talk about that stuff. So hopefully it's, uh, it's a decent story for someone to listen to. And I appreciate you asking me. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening to our special edition of Life at DHG podcast series, celebrating Women's History Month. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll tell your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our DHG blog for more great stories about our life beyond numbers. Join us next time for another edition of Life at DHG.